I confess to you, I've been walking in disobedience against God. I confess to you, I've been walking outside of the will of God. Shalom, shalom. This is Chris Shoemaker, also known as Yehuda Ben Shomer, and welcome to The Confessionals, where I publicly confess my sins because once you do that, that power of that sin is broken over you and you can more easily become free from it. In James chapter 5, verse 16, it says, Therefore, openly acknowledge your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. And I desire and I covet your prayers. And um, hopefully, maybe you can kind of learn from my mistakes. And when you run across a similar situation, you won't fall into the, the, the pit that I fell into. So, okay, going to have to tell you a story here. In order to explain why I have been walking in disobedience and outside of the will of God. Kind of reminds me of the story of Jonah. In the book of Jonah, the reluctant prophet, we all know that God said, Hey, Jonah, I want you to go to Nineveh and, and, and preach to them. You know, tell them that, that uh, doom is on their way. <laughs> Jonah said, <laughs> Nothing doing. Lord, you got another thing coming. I'm going to take a ship to Tarshish. I'm going to go in the opposite direction you want me to go in. I'm going to go as far away from Nineveh as I possibly can. Because don't you know, Nineveh is the enemy of Israel. Nineveh has, has done uh, forgi uh, uh, crimes that, that don't deserve forgiveness against my people. And you want me to, to, to preach to them? Because huh. I know if I give them an ultimatum, Lord, I know that they're probably going to repent. You're probably going to be merciful to them. I ain't doing that. So Jonah didn't do what God said. He stepped outside of the will of God, stepped outside of the path that God has chosen for him. And when you do that, and you knowingly do that, you willingly step out from under the umbrella of God's protection. And God can no longer bless you. He can no longer protect you. All he can do is try to urge you to come back by whatever means necessary. And we see that there was a great storm on, on this uh, ship that was headed for Tarshish. The, the, the ship was about to sink. Not only was Jonah's life in peril, but the life of everybody else that was on the boat was in peril. Because of Jonah's disobedience, he put other people's lives and livelihoods at risk. And he knew this. So he knew that the only solution was to throw himself overboard, have them throw him overboard. That was the only way that God was going to be appeased because God had the beef with Jonah, not with the people on the ship. But if Jonah would have stubbornly stayed on the ship, those people would have suffered Jonah's fate. And we all know the story how the Lord prepared a great fish to come and swallow uh, Jonah, and he had the first historically recorded biological submarine ride <laughs> for th uh, three days and nights down in the ocean until uh, Jonah upset the whales or the you know the big fish's stomach and uh, vomited him out at the very place he should have been at the start, which was on the shores of Nineveh. And uh, we see that Jonah did not preach repentance to the people. He had no heart for the people. He was just doing what God uh, had commanded him to do. And he gave them an ultimatum and said, you know what? You guys are doomed. 
doomed. <laughs> and this affected the people so much, probably because Jonah looked like a zombie. I mean, just think of being three days and nights in the belly of the fish. You know, the acids and juices in the whale's stomach probably bleached uh, um, Jonah's skin and probably made his hair fall out. And he just probably looked very molted and, and very discolored, uh, you know, being a dark Hebrew. And, and uh, you know, uh, he probably looked like he had mange or had some kind of disease. And, you know, his clothes... You know, assuming that he didn't change his clothes, was half digested and were just stinky and soiled. And they just saw this mad looking man walking about preaching doom. And he was this prophet of doom. And everybody took him seriously and said, well, maybe, maybe we should listen to this guy. And so from the king all the way down to the animals, they repented by putting on sackcloth and ashes. And here Jonah was all miffed about it. He was sitting on top of a hill wanting the fireworks to occur, wanting Nineveh to be destroyed. He says, I knew it, Lord. Yep, yep, I knew it. I knew you were going to be merciful to these people. That's why I didn't want to do this thing in the first place. He says, shouldn't I have mercy upon those who don't know their right from their left, you know? And uh, so we see this story, uh, a true story of Jonah. When he, what happened to him when he stepped outside of the will of God, therefore stepping out from under uh, the umbrella of God's blessing and protection. Well, I confess, I pulled a Jonah. I pulled a Jonah. The Lord told me to do something. I tried to rationalize it away. I tried to find excuses how it wasn't true, how it was my own thoughts and mind, and um, you know that it wasn't God, but it was just me and 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 my weak flesh and all this kind of stuff. Okay. All right, I've kept you in suspense long enough. Well, the Lord told me to give my two weeks notice at my job. Knowing that I was going to be without an income for an undetermined amount of time, maybe a month or so, give or take, uh, I do have another job lined up, but I have to uh, get certified for it. So that's a process that's going to take a little time. So in the interim, uh, you know, I was kind of worried about the cash flow and paying bills as any head of the household would be. Therefore, I was kind of making excuses uh, or try to find ways to stay at my position until I can switch and transition over to this new job. Well, I, I, I said, okay, Lord, I'm going to bite the bullet and I'm going to give my two weeks notice. And I gave my two weeks notice, and usually where I work, they're like, well, we hate to lose you. Good luck, and that's the end of it. I was not even suspecting. I was, was, was not even thinking of the possibility that the manager would try to say, well, hey, we hate to lose you. How about we work something out? Well, that's exactly what he did. And I'm thinking, hmm, well, maybe this is just by design. Maybe this is from the Lord. When really, if I'm honest with myself, down deep in my heart, I knew this wasn't from God. Down deep in my heart, I knew I should have stuck to my guns and said, nope, I I'm giving you my two weeks. I'm sorry. But he says, why, why don't we go down and just work a couple days? You know, And I was like, well, maybe I can just come in on Tuesday, Thursday, load days. Because then Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I could start preparing and studying for being certified for my other job. And so I talked it over with my wife. Yep, great idea. Let's do that. So come Tuesday, I'm feeling good. I'm prayed up. And I think it's going to be a great day at work. I come in and it's as if the floodgates of the demonic were opened against me. I felt dogpiled and tackled by the enemy. So much so I was on the verge of tears. I was in anguish and distress. And all the things that I've been battling over the last couple weeks came back double with a vengeance. And uh, I was, you know, I was almost 
ready to just to walk out and and uh, I accidentally well I shouldn't say accidentally but I, I I ended up snapping at a coworker and then I felt really bad because I felt like I ruined my witness I went back and and, and in tears apologized to this coworker and uh, the Lord immediately brought to my remembrance a rerun the same scenario that happened approximately 15 years ago when the Lord told me to leave another job and I said Lord, it doesn't make sense. How am I going to make money? How am I going to make ends meet? This is a good job. It's got good pay, good benefits. Lord said, fine. Walk in disobedience. Guess what ended up happening to me? I ended up in the hospital for a week. <laughs> the Lord says, if you're not going to quit this job, I'm going to create circumstances to where you will have to quit your job. And that's exactly what happened. And so the Lord brought that back that to my remembrance. And I knew for sure that I should have stuck to my two-week notice. And I shouldn't have tried to work out some other alternative plan because the Lord's saying, do you trust me or don't you? Because you did not stick to your guns and give the two-week notice like I told you to. You stepped out from the umbrella of my protection. I could no longer protect you from this onslaught of the demonic. I could no longer protect you or bless you because you're walking in disobedience. That's why you were attacked. That's why you were dogpiled. That's why it came back with a vengeance. And so lesson learned. So I'm going to go back to my job and I'm going to say, look, this is my last week. I had agreed to two weeks. We tried this alternative of doing Tuesday, Thursday. It's simply not going to work out. And uh, once I made that decision, talked it over with my wife, explained things to her, prayed with her over it. For the first time in several weeks, I'm at peace. Am I concerned about the future? Of course I am. That's just humanly of me. Am I wondering how it's all going to work out? Yes. But looking back on my life up to this point, the Lord has never let me down. The Lord has never let me go hungry, never let me be homeless, never let bills go unpaid to where we're on the verge of losing everything. The Lord has always come through and always provided. Another lesson that I learned is to to understand how God has created me. I was I was doing bad self-talk. I was saying to myself that I'm weak. You know, that I'm not truly a man because I can't handle this situation and I can't handle that situation. And the Lord put a grinding halt to that and says, "No. You can't operate outside of the design which I created you. Other people can can take certain things. Other people can handle certain things that you can't because I didn't create you to handle those things. You've got to accept who I created you to be. Now, I'm not saying that I can't improve in areas and change certain negative areas, but there's certain aspects to my personality that there's certain things that God has not created me to deal with or handle. And when he said, leave your job, that was one of those ways of saying, there's coming some stuff you can't handle. You need to leave before those things happen. And so I need to accept who God has created me to be and live and work within the, crea within the param par parameters of who and, uh, and what and how God has created me to, to be. My personality, the way I operate, my gifts and talents, all those things, my giftings, all those things blend and work together. And I've got to know my limitations and accept those God-given defined limitations because he's going to use me in those weak points that I can't handle. He's going to get the glory out of my weakness, out of those things that I'm not able to handle. So I had to repent 
of bad self-talk. The Lord couldn't deliver me from that. The Lord couldn't remove the anguish of that. Friends couldn't pray it away for me. Why? Because I willingly believed that negative self-talk from the enemy. Because I willingly accepted and believed it and come into agreement with it upon myself. Therefore, God said, hey, that's your decision. I'm not going to mess with your free will. That's why he said, you can't pray. He told my friends, you can't pray for him in this area because he's made his decision. So I had to realize that I was coming into agreement with thoughts that were not my own. I was coming into agreement with bad self-talk and, and, and uh, going against who God has created me to be. And I had to repent of that. And boom, once I did, the floodgates of blessing were opened again. I felt like I'd come back under the umbrella of God's protection and God's blessing, that I stepped back onto the path of his will for my life. I'm not knowing exactly what's going to work out. And, and, and if I did, it wouldn't be faith. So I have to step out in a leap of faith and step out and believe that my foot's going to touch something solid. It feels, it looks logically like I'm going to step out onto nothingness, onto thin air, when indeed God is there. But if I knew what was there and stepped out, it wouldn't be faith. See what I'm saying there? So I really hope those listening out there can learn from my disobedience, learn from my sin, learn from my mistake, and learn to trust God and not to doubt him, and not to doubt who created who he created you to be, not to doubt the gifts and talents, talents and callings he has placed upon your life. Now, when somebody says, do you know what you've been put on this earth to do? Oh, yes, I can equivocate unequivocally, unashamedly, without a shadow of a doubt, tell you that God has put me on this earth to preach and teach his word. I'm happiest when I'm doing that. I'm in my element when I'm doing that. I feel filled and fulfilled when I'm doing that. I know that's what God wants me to do. And God is working things out and leading me towards being able to do that uh, you know, on a, on, a, on a more fuller basis. And I think maybe that, that these are the first steps in achieving that. So I've got to step out on faith. So once I've made these decisions and, and, and come to the conclusion of these things and just, you know, confess to you everything that I've confessed, I feel like, you know, I, I, I now know what God wants me to do. And I need to stop doubting him and stop trying to overanalyze things and double-think things, because James also says that a double-minded man is like the waves of the sea tossed on the ocean. He's unstable in all that he does. I was being unstable. I was walking and living unstably because I stepped outside of God's will and the umbrella of his blessing and protection. And, uh, you know, when God had made it obviously plain, I, you know, we're the type of people that want a Gideon-type fleece, and he's not always going to give you a Gideon fleece. Why? Because he wants you to trust him. He wants you to walk by faith and not by sight. A fleece is a sight. It's something. It's tangible. It's something you can see and feel. That's not necessarily faith, and he's not always going to give you a fleece. And if you 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 step out on faith and it's the wrong step, he'll let you know, and then you'll know what to do. And and I also had this fear. That, oh no, I've stepped outside of his will. It's going to take longer to, to make things happen and get back in his will. No, just like Jonah, he ended up where God wanted him to be. 
It was always on God's timetable. No matter how far and fast he and how long he ran away from God, God eventually brought him back at the right place, right time, right moment where he's supposed to be. So I didn't lose any time in my disobedience. I didn't miss any doors or windows or ships in my willingly being disobedient and walking outside of God's will and blessing from the umbrella of his protection. As soon as I acknowledged what was going on, and as soon as I repented, boom, I'm back on track, back to where I need to be, at the exact right place where I should be. I really, truly hope and pray that maybe something that I've said resonates within you. Something that I've said uh, blesses you and maybe answers some questions that you've had and maybe uh, helping you with, uh, with uh, something that's going on in your life. And if not, maybe what I'll say will come back to your remembrance at a time when it's needed most, and you'll avoid the pitfall that I fell into. Guys, thanks so much for listening. Go out there and have a great day. Shalom, and God bless.